Welcome to the Grapevine Society podcast, a platform for sharing the experiences of young people as we figure things out, from student life to post-graduation. I'm your host, Safiwi Blathketh, and in each episode you'll be hearing real stories from real people, because anecdotal evidence can be invaluable when it comes to getting the specifics. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're talking all about year abroad, but specifically uh, a year abroad in Paris, which was not quite a year abroad. So I'm here with my friend Anna. Mm, hello. And would you like to introduce yourself, give a bit of background information about you? Okay. That kind yeah. of stuff. Um, I'm Anna. <laughs> I'm Italian, <laughs> um, but I met Sophia at uni um, at Queen's. And I study French and I'm a fourth year right now. And I've just come back from year abroad. Well, I mean, just come back means in March because <laughs> obviously it was cut short um, by coronavirus. But yeah, that's mainly it. For those people who don't really know how the course is structured and yeah. stuff. Um, so what year was it that, I mean, I know what year it was, but you can say <laughs> this. Uh, yeah. What year it was that you went on your year abroad mm-hmm. and how did you end up in Paris? Was that the only option or okay. did you choose it? Well, so um, at Oxford and in most um, UK language courses, you do um, a four-year course and the third year is the one you go abroad for. And um, for me, it was mainly a question of deciding whether I want to be in a big city or not. And at the beginning, I didn't really want to go to Paris, actually. I was looking mostly into the south of France, but then I thought, you know, um, I found this really um, amazing opportunity to be in a PhD program, just in a in a module of it, um, at the École Pratique in Paris. And that was kind of like um, medieval French literature, a lot of uh, philology and complicated stuff that I didn't understand really <laughs> but um that was a really amazing opportunity so I decided to go <laughs> and uh I mean it's it's hard to find a, a place it's hard to find um something you want to do immediately because really what happens is tutors don't really help you out they kind of say okay next year you're going to France good luck have a good time <laughs> find something to do um and although there are things such as um, British Council, which is, you know, um, teaching uh, English in small schools in France, um, I can do that because, sadly, if you're not um, a British citizen or anyway, a Briti- you don't have a British passport, you're not allowed to do that, mm-hmm. even if your English is perfect, which mine isn't, by the way. <laughs> but um, yeah, so... It was between university or a job or, you know, an internship, something like that. And for the first six months, I decided to do this because it wasn't with Erasmus, which is quite special. Because normally when you go to university, um, during your year abroad, you tend to do it with Erasmus, which means that you still have to take exams <laughs> and you still have to um, fulfill some qualifications and things like that. Uh, they give you funding, right, though? They do give you fund- funding, but you get funding even if it isn't done with Erasmus. Oh really? Yeah. Who from? Um, it's still it's still Erasmus, oh, but okay. um, if you're doing something related to that or if you do even an internship, um money's given to you by Erasmus because you're there. So it, it shouldn't change yeah. anyway. Um but yeah, it was um what was good about it, it's called a convention individuelle, which means it's a convention i mean it's a connection um between two unis um 
and but it doesn't have anything to do with the uh, with a BA you know and so that means that you can kind of study whatever you want go to any university for lectures it was really special for that yeah yeah I like it <laughs> that's so nice so what did you like specialize in or what modules did you do um for me it was um one was on occitan which is the it's old French <laughs> but more, more um it's the one that is closest to Latin really it's the southern French from the probably 1300s and for that we did a translation of the ancient testament <laughs> old testament is it well, yeah. yeah old testament <laughs> sorry that was a tiny <laughs> and for another one i did um a module on tristan which is you know tristan and i don't know how to say this in english isel i have no idea what you're talking yeah. about well it's a, it's a it's a poem it's a long poem um that was like medieval and it's very very famous and mm-hmm. we did that for the other part but it was really cool because we got I got to be in a class with people who already had done masters and were like their second year PhDs mm-hmm. and so obviously knew a lot more than I did but they were really nice and open and yeah no it was really cool I enjoyed it did you go with anyone else out there no I was well I mean not for this not for the course but yeah. I did I went there with my friend Luce um she's a friend from home in Italy and we kind of looked for a place together and I'm not gonna lie it wasn't easy <laughs> because, yeah how was what was that process like yeah I think the problem is that in Paris um they're very picky the French have a really strange system um for rental you know renting a place because you need to have a bank account and an address before getting doing it and so obviously if you don't live there and you, you don't have a bank account and you don't have an address and to have a bank account often you do need a French address so it's always a bit of a struggle um I was very lucky in the end because I found this Italian guy <laughs> who had this um little connection yeah little <laughs> connection exactly he was like oh you're Italian I'll give you the place <laughs> I don't need that um but it was in the 12th arrondissement which is um not that central but um, I think it was good because it was quite calm and it was easy to get on the metro and get to the centre. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, I visited Anna whilst um, she was there for like New Year mm-hmm. um, and it was so nice. Like it was it was a tiny little apartment and you had to walk up so many stairs <laughs> to fine. get to the top, <laughs> um, which were like very steep wooden stairs. They were scary. But... It was just really, it was so nice. And like, I think I enjoyed the fact that it was in a sort of more, sort of maybe smaller neighborhood mm-hmm. where you could kind of know the local shops a bit yeah, more. It wasn't yeah. like you step out and have like, yeah, the Eiffel Tower right in front of you. But like, yeah. also it gives you a different impression of Paris as well. Yeah, it was much more residential. It's much more, um, I don't know. I felt like at the end I knew the owners of the boulangerie yeah. you know, stuff like <laughs> that. And they just this. give me if I didn't have coins, they'd be like, Yeah, go on, get your baguette, pay me tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> oh good. I like that. In terms of your studies as well, mm-hmm. did you find that it was easy to transition to obviously like a French university after, you know, studying in England for so long because you were here for you came here for GCSEs? No, for A levels. A levels. Um, it was very okay. I, I I guess it would be easier for me than for other for just UK students because it's quite similar to the Italian system. But I don't know. <laughs> I liked it to the extent that it was 
a small group, which meant that it was similar to Oxford. Um, we had kind of 10 people um, per lecture or per seminar. But I, I, I guess what I missed from the English um, way of studying was that in England, I felt that people were less scared to talk or like oh, really? you know, to to be openly confrontational <laughs> in some yeah. ways, which is ironic since you guys are not really confrontational <laughs> in general. <laughs> but um, I think, yeah, I, I felt like I was in these seminars and the tutor would ask for a, I don't know, a question and I was the only one who would try and answer it with no knowledge at all <laughs> because obviously people were a bit shy. I think there's something about the European... Um, way of studying in a university which is very hierarchical like if you're a professor you're in a you're very scary being (laughs) (laughs) so um for instance something that i've noticed is that at university here um if i had to write an email to my tutor i'd just say you know dear seth blah 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 blah, best wishes see tomorrow anna (laughs) like no surnames nothing whereas in france and in italy um you have to kind of say emeritus professor um may you consider my time okay so it's a bit more yeah very formal and so i guess there's a bigger gap between student and professor and i i kind of didn't like that Um, but luckily i had an italian professor who was wonderful and he was so helpful he just took me in Although the first time he kind of stood me up, I, <laughs> it was this was so sad. Um, the first time I had to ever meet him, I was in this cafe um, near the Sorbonne, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll meet you there at 12. And I was like, "Okay," and I sat there for an hour, and he just didn't show up, and it was the saddest moment. This was like two weeks in, and I remember feeling like, "Oh my god, I did 45 minutes of metro for this." I sat there freaking out about what i would talk about and he just didn't show up (laughs) he was very sorry and he looks a bit like a teddy bear so it's fine (laughs) and the second time it was lovely and he was what was really sweet is that when i left he kept me on all the um, emails and he he kind of invited me to all the zoom lectures and seminars which was yeah it was really sweet i enjoyed it how was it in terms of meeting new people out there like did you end up finding people from your course or um literally just random random people um people from my course were much older than me so they were around 28 Mm -hmm. years old which meant that yeah I saw them but I, I talked to them there in the classes but I didn't really hang out with them that much I was quite lucky because I had a couple of friends well, my friend Uche, the girl who lived with me for the first part of the year, um, she had one of her best friends who had lived in Paris for five years. So her name is Christiana. So she's lovely. <laughs> and um, she she helped me out a lot. Like she, she took me to some amazing places. She um, brought me to this, um, uh, what's it called? Like a march of protest. <laughs> yeah, um, for females' rights and females' and women's rights. <laughs> And um, that was amazing. And there I met quite a lot of French people, <laughs> which actually is quite hard normally because um, at university, they tend to kind of go into th- lectures and then leave because it's not really like English university. You don't live on campus. So it's quite a kind of school environment where you go there and then, you know, leave after the day. And if 
you've got someone in your class um, that you like, you only find out if you actually sat together. You wouldn't even talk to them. Um, what I felt was that, um, like I have, I had other friends from Oxford who um, went to Paris and actually did Erasmus and one of them is Leila. And she found it quite hard actually because she arrived and we obviously we, we were third years and that meant that we were in third year classes with people who already knew each other and people who already had the close-knit group of friends and that was quite difficult especially she's she's a she's I think bilingual so yeah she speaks French fluently and still she found it hard she was still the odd one out um but I guess the easiest thing would be to find kind of what your interests are and try and push yourself into those kind of groups like for me <laughs> I went to this um like <laughs> it's not a gay club <laughs> but it's a it's kind of a bar it's the only lesbian bar in um in Paris actually it's called La Mutinerie and it's really cool I would very like I would recommend and it's small and during the week they have um all sorts of events such as like a tarot reading uh class and like there was so much fun and it was lovely because I went there and they even had like pool and people would play together and they were so friendly and that was probably the best place for me to meet people because everyone was you know already had something in common from the start yeah how did you find out about that in the first place i think again my friend yeah Yeah. the french girl who was friends with my friend Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i think it's quite um it's quite famous so if you look it up you'll find it yeah just do do some research yeah Yeah. so you were saying that obviously your friend who was you know bilingual knew french really well um well that's what bilingual means sophia um (laughs) (laughs) probably better than well (laughs) still kind of struggled with that but how was it for you because obviously I mean you're in your third year and Mm -hmm. but how confident were you in terms of your French and your ability to speak the language (laughs) I'm laughing um I guess okay I am confident with my understanding of it um I think what was most hard was obviously the classic you know slang when you meet young people especially Parisians you're just there and you're like oh my god I don't know half of the words they're talking like they're using or they would also um abbreviate everything and there's an actually a quite a fun French thing which is um they have this trend I don't know in language which is called Berlin which is um it means that they invert syllables so they take the first and second syllable and they invert them and that becomes a new ver- a new word. So like meuf is femme. So it's what? girl becomes <laughs> okay. meuf for some reason. <laughs> and so it gets even harder because yeah. you have to also do that, you know, in your head. But um, I think it was, it wasn't easy. But mm. um, after a while, if you meet the right people who like decide to still speak to you in French, even if it's bad, even if it's shit. <laughs> um, it's, that's the best way. I went to the theater quite a lot and that was helpful for my French, I guess. Um, one of the funniest things I saw was this musical and it was um, a Rimbaud et Verlaine musical, which are like these two poets who are very famous from the um, early 1900s and they were gay and also loved to do drugs. like absolutely loved it and drinking and so they made this absurd musical which is a bit um not them obviously sorry someone made the the musical and um it was just 
so tacky <laughs> and so amateur we went and we paid very little for it but it was so fun i went with my friend jack franco who went to who came to visit me but it was really sweet yeah i guess that that's the way to get speaking and listening and yeah i would say that yeah because i think it's one thing obviously studying a language and like mm-hmm. i mean i only did i did languages at gcse and then at a level um but when you go to a place where mm-hmm. they speak that language and maybe i mean i guess in paris because they also speak english everyone speaks english yeah it is almost a little bit easier because mm-hmm. you have that to fall back on and it's exactly. almost like a safety net so did you find that at the start you were kind of oh yeah yeah using <laughs> that english a lot oh more. yeah um it was actually bad because i remember the first times i'd go to like a, pati- a patisserie or like you know just a baker's and I'd ask for a pain au chocolat in French. I'd try really hard. And then the person <laughs> at the chair would just look at me and be like, which one? <laughs> and like, oh, no. No, <laughs> speak to me in French. But also, it's yeah. like, at the same time, you may have not known English because yeah. you're also like Italian. Italian is your yeah. first language, right? So. Yeah, I guess that they just assume that you would. Yeah, if you sound, If you sound foreign yeah just go for the english <laughs> just don't have the accent down yet but yeah. i think your accent's great but then bear in mind that i'm actually not french mm-hmm. um but when we were there when i visited you that was probably like a few months in because when, when did yeah. you leave what month that was I, I went there in september beginning of september, september. so then so. i saw you december january and you i mean i remember on new year's and we were at this bus stop and all the locals just like for some reason they were all coming up to you to ask for directions oh, yeah. so clearly i mean you had the parisian fashion yeah, down it was the fringe, it was the fringe. <laughs> <laughs> um and i felt that you were super confident with it and you were yeah. able to just converse as if you were yeah like french I think <laughs> drunk that helps as well. <laughs> but, yeah. um i think yeah no it definitely helped and Paris is a wonderful place. I'm I'm talking shit about it, but no, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And um, you know, it's it's full of opportunities to do things and see things, which then makes you speak, obviously. <laughs> so yeah, I, I felt more confident by the end for sure. And before coming back, I felt like I kind of, kind of could speak French, but now no. Really? <laughs> I mean, it's been so long. It's practice, isn't it? It's been so long. It was um, I left in like. March and now it's September and I haven't been to France mm-hmm. since so that's really sad but so what were your um what were your second half plans oh. so the rest of the six months <laughs> makes me so sad um I okay so I managed to actually do two weeks of what I wanted to do which is great um I was meant to go to Nice and I spent there I was meant to spend there um six months there and I had a job lined up, which was really lovely. <laughs> and it was in a small publisher house. And I was just very excited to do that. Um, and it was, I lived in this tiny apartment. It was like a little studio um, in the uh, Via V, I think, Via Nice. Yeah, that's how it's called. <laughs> and um, it was just gorgeous. Beautiful, beautiful city. And the little streets actually reminded me of Italy quite a lot because they're you know so red and yellow and um i couldn't believe that this that city was on the sea because i've never lived by the sea that was incredible for me <laughs> those two weeks i just loved them um but then coronavirus happened yeah you know? <laughs> i had to actually i had to cross the border illegally 
this is a joke by the way for legal reasons <laughs> and uh, um i had to cross the border with the train like from france and to go into a city which was fully locked down at the same time uh, at that time and um i remember that it felt like a ghost town when i arrived in in italy like at the border it was so scary <laughs> But then my mum picked me up and that was already illegal as well. <laughs> and also, yeah, even just being alone, I wouldn't have wanted that. Yeah. Really, because I was alone in the... I didn't have uh, someone to live with. So, yeah, it wouldn't have been that, that great to just stay there. But I feel like you split up your year abroad in like a really nice way mm-hmm. where you had that six months of... Well, it was going to be the perfect yeah. <laughs> split of, you know, going into the city, studying and yeah having Paris mm-hmm. um having your time in Paris and then going somewhere a little bit more calm but working and yeah. just being in a completely different environment um mm-hmm. so how did but how did you go about finding that, that, job, that job trying every day I think I wrote more than 20 emails about you know getting a job I wanted to work in a little bookshop first yeah. I tried so many I tried I think in five different cities at least four in each so it was it was quite difficult and every time they'd be like oh my god we love you i love we love your enthusiasm but we have no money yeah <laughs> because obviously not a lot of people read that many books anymore sad <laughs> but um so that was the beginning and then i tried for a couple of publisher house and i was just lucky i think i just found it um i think i found the job online but um if you ever want to um apply to one I can't remember what it was called. Wait, it was called. We can it. put it in the description. Yeah, I'll remember. put it. Yeah. yeah, but the other one that I think you should apply to because it's amazing. I didn't get it because I did something completely silly. What did oh, you, so what you do? <laughs> I, I don't think I've had this. You know? Oh my god, this was in January. I was in Paris and I was writing my application and I was really worried and I rewrote it something like three times. <laughs> and I sent my letter and then I realized that there was a second page on my letter, and it was my notes. For writing the letter and it was oh. stuff like because i'm i'm a very messy note taker um i wrote something like why would they even want me all in caps <gasps> question mark question mark <laughs> and then like the silliest things um and they never mentioned it yeah but, and they were like oh sorry we can offer you later but not now but i felt like oh my god it's so embarrassing mistakes happen <laughs> crazy though <laughs> it could have been way worse it could have been it could have been but also it was just like Oh my god, I really wanted this job. Um, but that's Actsud and it's in Aula, which is a beautiful city, um, in the south of France. And they have an amazing photography um festival in the summer as well. Would really recommend. So that was the other option and I would definitely recommend applying there because it's a great, great place. Yeah. Um but and that you can do kind of um it's called oh god, I don't know I don't know the English. Uh, so just say it like and whatever apply, it's um candidature i think spontané which means spontaneous bo- um apl- application that yes yes spontaneous ac- application which means that there isn't like a job that is being offered but you can always apply at any time um oh okay so like yeah. sort of like open application yeah like an open know. application exactly yeah yeah <laughs> but that was that would have been great as well yeah and no yeah it was great how did you find um accommodation in nice again that was actually on a facebook group you know oh, okay really <laughs> yes uh, facebook is really really helpful with these things 
um usually there's like you know students um you just write like student needs accommodation or like something like that on on facebook and loads of group will come up groups will come up and then you just have to be lucky you've got to look every day mm-hmm. for like two months and then you'll find the place and usually what's hard also about paris and france in general is that they tend to be quite suspicious <laughs> so you need to technically be around to see the places which is counterintuitive because how would you get a place if you have to you know? yeah if you're not <laughs> yeah. local if you're not local yeah um so either you're lucky and you find someone who's just like i don't care um or you should probably get an airbnb like for the first two weeks oh yeah of course you've yeah. always got that to fall back on yeah so that you can do like airbnb for two weeks and then go and visit all the places that you've booked viewings for mm. and then you know you'll you'll find a place hopefully <laughs> yeah so i mean i know you only spent two weeks in, yeah. in nice but what were what were those two weeks like because were you already working at the bookstore was it no, closed it because of corona it was closed. everything was closed so well it was actually amazing <laughs> i loved it the the weather was incredible and it was only march and i already went to the seaside and i didn't actually like swim but i put my feet in and it was gorgeous and um i met these <laughs> another good way to make friends actually bumble bff guys <laughs> um it's a great app actually uh i met quite a few people you know really yes yes especially in nice i met a really fun norwegian girl who was in the army a bit crazy navy actually um and uh she was doing like a french course so we spoke french to each other which was very good and um we went um around like the little towns around nice on the on the beaches and it was just beautiful um i went a lot to like loads of little markets because it's a beautiful flower market oh also a girl from queens was there um fran which was really lovely i and she kind of helped me out going around she gave me a little tour which was sweet we went up on the mountain because there's like mountain that looks over um nice and this is amazing amazing um fountain it looks like a like a cascade like waterfall you know and um yeah and it was gorgeous it was mostly sightseeing really at the beginning because it was just two weeks yeah and for the last five days i think it was locked down already oh my gosh (laughs) That's yeah. kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. So going back to Paris, what was your sort of weekly routine there? Because I mm-hmm. assume that was much easier to fall into a sort of routine, which yeah. is because obviously, you know, student life is quite so, so something that you're already used to. Mm-hmm. I mean, whereas Nice, obviously, you didn't get to <laughs> have that opportunity. <laughs> no. um, yeah. I think it was very different um, because it was fewer contact hours in here, really. And because I was so far from things because to get to the library i'd have to like go on 40 minutes of um of the um, metro of, yeah metro yeah um and so that was strange to get used to but um usually my week would be twice i'd have seminars um i have, have um a few lectures that i went to with my with my friends um but i would mostly explore really it was really fun <laughs> i yeah. would I would um, go to quite a few exhibitions. I went to the theater, to some readings. I went to a beautiful Proust reading um, at the Athenee. Um, what else? I, I remember you just missed mm. the um, Jeanette Winterson. 
That was so sad. Uh, like book <laughs> event at mm. what's it called? The Shakespeare, Shakespeare and Co. Yeah, that's a lovely place. <laughs> it's in front of the um, of Notre Dame, and it's a small little bookshop, and it's actually very British <laughs> because it's all you know English English works. But always lovely is that I'm I'm kind of obsessed with Jeanette Winterson <laughs> and. Uh, hope she hears this <laughs> i love you and um she she actually worked um on top of the shakespeare shakespeare and co um bookshop for like a year when she was younger she went there and wrote and uh, i think in the in december before you came she came to do a talk um at shakespeare and co and i didn't know and i found out like so a week heartbreaking later. And I wanted to cry because she's like my idol. I am considering doing a master degree, like a master's in, I think, it, where is she? Manchester, I think. Um, just because she's teaching it. But well, I shouldn't do it <laughs> because it's not what I want to do. But it's fine. But I remember like, um, so I ended up buying uh, oranges and not the only fruit yeah. from that bookstore as well on your recommendation, which was just such a nice read. And but they have really good... Um, recommended books there as well mm. like the way it was set out was really nice and yeah. it was just i mean it was quite busy it's like quite a tourist spot yeah, but it um was. it was fun <laughs> it was fun it was, to go yeah, in. i love it and it was just i don't know for me i'm just obsessing over jeanette winterson it's fine <laughs> just, <laughs> just having a moment <laughs> um but yeah she really really made my actually i read i think most of her works this year during paris i was just because you know what actually this is something i want to say about the year abroad it's so lovely to be able to finally read things that you're not allowed to read normally so i obviously i do french which means i read french all the time um and i love english literature as well but i i I don't really have the time normally because I always feel like I'm reading the first two pages of the new book that I really want to read and I feel like I could be reading my actual work. Yeah. And um, so it was lovely. This year I spent so much time in the metro just reading, you know, Oranges Are Not the Only Fruit, Sexing the Cherry, um, what else, Written on the Body, like, would recommend all of them. My favourite probably... Oh, I mean, Oranges Are Not the Only Fruit is incredible because she was like 23 when she wrote it. She's an incredible human. And, <laughs> um, but also her memoir, what's it called? Uh, Why Be Happy When You Can Be Normal would really... That's on my it. list. Yeah. I really need to read that. Because it's so witty, so accessible. What I love about her is that she's, she's just... She thinks that literature is for everybody and that it is probably the best... I don't know, best philosophy in my opinion. I get that though, because I think with some like some book recommendations or whatever, mm. sometimes you're just not in the headspace of like, I really, I just don't want to get into it right yeah. now, you know? Um, especially, so for me as well, I, I mean, I really enjoy reading, mm -hmm. but like you said, I struggled to read the stuff that I wanted to read, especially yeah. during my degree, because I felt like, oh, I could be reading other things. Not that I didn't enjoy the stuff I was reading mm -hmm. for my degree, but a lot of the time, it was sort of like maybe heavy or on the critical side. Whereas with, when I did read Oranges Are Not The Only Fruit, first of all, it's not a very big book at all. No, it's a very, yeah. and I feel like her writing is very light. Yeah. Even though the subject matter is quite serious and has so many things that you could pro probably analyze yeah, you know, for exactly. days and days and you could probably write essays on it yeah. if you really wanted to. Um, but yeah, there was something light about it and mm -hmm. it read... Um, in such a for me quite a gentle way yeah 
no. without being um on the surface yeah no it is and I, what i love about her is also that she manages to do like she'll be talking about her life you know and usually she loves to kind of create situation where autobiography and fiction are mixed but she also slips in theory you know like an analysis of a poem or you know analysis of what writing means and what literature is and she just does it in such a kind of chilled away really yeah exactly <laughs> and it's so lovely because i never feel like i need to look up a word i never feel like and this is obviously something that i relate to more than others because english is not my first language but it's just it's just great <laughs> i feel like so open it, it she's just open and and um so knowledgeable of what pain is and what literature can do to mm. help you i mean she my favorite thing to say is that she actually one day decided to start reading because she didn't even know what literature was because all she read was the bible when she was a kid because that was what her religious family kind of allowed her to do um and she just went to the library one day and she was like you know what i'm gonna start and understand what literature is and i'm gonna start from a and she read the whole fiction side of like the whole literature side of um the library from a to z just cause, because, you know, like that. Why not? Yeah. Why not? And had never read literature, had never been exposed to what literature is. Never. And she she actually talks about what poetry, like you know, how poetry sometimes is shown to be this kind of inaccessible, you know, posh thing. And actually she she says that it's the, the most accessible of them all because she sat down in front of the library, took T.S. Eliot for the first time. And she was like, this is what I feel. You know, this is... This is I understand this so much better than I understand I don't know Charles Dickens mm. <laughs> and it was, that was that was lovely. But I guess with literature and um, poetry and just works of art in general, mm. it kind of sort of either just resonates with you or mm-hmm. it doesn't. Maybe at first, and then perhaps things like analysis or mm-hmm. having conversations with people about it can help you you be more yeah. obviously more informed about it and maybe come to more of like. Um, maybe just help you form an opinion on it but I think that's why it's so nice as well it's not like you know you have to like T.S. Eliot and if you don't find him accessible then it's the end of the world um because there is so much out there like do you feel like being in Paris and studying what you did and like having that time to read sort of helped you kind of come back this year and feel really excited to like finish your degree but also maybe I don't know you still write like writing on the side where you kind yeah. of like missing almost like missing the essays yeah or like because I know you're so <laughs> you actually really really enjoy your subject yeah. as hard as it may be in terms of how demanding the workload is yeah it's something that obviously I think is going to be your well hopefully yeah, yeah your career job, yeah. <laughs> um I did I didn't miss it I missed writing essays that I loved you know about work that I loved but you know I I also kind of needed I think the break I needed the time to sit down and actually relax I have never felt so relaxed in my life this was the first year where I felt oh my god this is how being calm feels that it was crazy sure that's so that's so funny that you say that because obviously so I did a podcast episode with Calypso yeah yesterday and um so I, I don't know how close that I'm going to release both your <laughs> episodes but so I think Calypso is the one that will come up first so if you haven't listened to that go listen to that yeah. um but she was saying how when she finished her degree she had that year 
of being able to just relax and do what she wanted and like being able to you know just play video games for a while like and has she never felt better Mm -hmm. in that time and she really needed that rest Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like allowing yourself to really enjoy that period of Mm -hmm. like not even necessarily like downtime being like passive but actually it being almost essential yeah no it is and I think it was strange because I went from one kind of say hurdle to another like I, I came to England that was super hard for me because it was like you know I have to learn English and I've got to understand how to do A-levels in two years and I was like ah <laughs> so I had that then I had A-levels and ASs obviously then I had prelims and then which is first second, year exams yeah, sorry <laughs> and second year for me was terrible I mean I loved it but also I had so much work on that I felt a bit crazy by the end <laughs> I remember <laughs> <laughs> crying because I couldn't have chocolate <laughs> terrible no I was going a bit crazy and um so this year was kind of like wow I'm gonna breathe for a bit and then I'm gonna go back and it's gonna be even better although I didn't do the reading but that's fine (laughs) that's fine um so now now I'm excited um about certain things less excited about others I think it helped me a lot with understanding what matters and what doesn't matter as much like a year ago if you told me um what will happen if you don't get a first um I probably would have lost it (laughs) no like I'll be I would be really sad really really sad at this point I think that getting stressed obviously I will get stressed at the end but I'm way less stressed than I thought I would be and if I get to one well I'll go where I have to go and it's gonna be okay yeah exactly (laughs) and I think once you find that sort of kind of joy or happiness or just like general enthusiasm in the actual process of doing what you love Mm -hmm. and it extends beyond the degree and you know you can almost sustain it in a way because it is actually naturally what you want to do yeah Yeah. the rest of it kind of falls away yeah um and so when you do kind of come back into I mean obviously it's different maybe because you've still got another year to go and you're kind of going to go back into um albeit a slightly different routine mm-hmm. a quite a similar one to one you were in maybe in the second year um yes. <laughs> but I think having that year it does make a big difference yeah no it does um so but I feel I also want to touch upon before I mean finishing second year mm-hmm. and then having to leave Oxford um and go on a year abroad yeah. in, in your third year whilst obviously like we were all still here and you know it yeah. was my final year for example and a lot of our other friends mm-hmm. final years um how did you feel quite apprehensive about it at first or you were like well I knew this was part of the course it was coming and, okay you know. I didn't want to go okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so that's that that's that no um I didn't want to go in the sense that I would have missed like Oxford became kind of finally the place I was comfortable in and I was like oh my god not again yeah <laughs> not again yeah. starting from scratch not again you know having to leave home and find some more friends who realistically I will know for a year and that's it. And it felt like a lot of pressure. But at the same time, I mean, I think the fact that I had already already done this before definitely helped um, because I left Italy when I was 17, 16 to come here for A-levels. And that was way more stressful than anything and you also because you were like so much younger then yeah it's baby (laughs) and also because obviously i didn't really understand english i remember had this (laughs) i arrived and had this buddy you know and kind of helped me around she was from liverpool 
And I remember, I think I, I didn't understand a single thing of what she said. Like, genuinely just looking at her and smiling, being like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it definitely felt like it would be scary. Um, but I was lucky because Lucha came with me, I think. And that made me feel better because I was, I knew that I had someone. But then she left. <laughs> yeah. So when she left, it was, she left after a month for personal reasons. <laughs> and, um... So she, she kind of left, and I. That was the moment I think where I realized I yeah. was like, okay, I, I mean, am alone. Yeah, and I had to find another person to live with. And yeah, that was I like that. Scary. She's a thirty-year-old, really cool lady. <laughs> um, from she's Swedish. Sweden? Yeah, she's Swedish, and uh, that was strange. But we actually got on really well, so that that was lucky. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's scary because it's it's the starting over bit that is is just the most daunting thing i remember talking about it with ellie <laughs> it was another girl you know um, another linguist and one of our really close friends and she went to barcelona and i remember at the beginning we were both terrified we were like what are we gonna do uh, just like we're gonna be alone and we won't know anyone and we will no one will want to talk to us <laughs> we don't understand them no but actually well, if you talk to Ellie, she had the best year of her life. Yeah, and I mean, we're gonna she will go back. Yeah. We're gonna get her on the podcast. So, <laughs> and um, she's in the end. We, I think it was really, really helpful. I yeah. wouldn't say, you know, <laughs> I don't want to sound like, oh my god, I went abroad, you know, and you know, it changed my life, <laughs> my outlook, you know, whatever. But um, it really does. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Really There's obviously going to be that element of personal growth yeah. in there because. Yeah you're pushed into a state of a lot of discomfort Mm -mm. and but that is where okay because you are in it and you kind of I mean you have a choice to leave but like you kind of also don't because you set yourself up there you know Mm -hmm. and it's part of your course and it is essentially what you have to do and you were signed up to you know do it and not everyone is going to have the best time especially not at the start because Mm -hmm. it is a hard thing to be um, to feel alone and to feel quite isolated especially yeah. you know we were all still in Oxford luckily I mean you had the sort of uh, you had friends around you which mm-hmm. obviously gave you a boost of kind of confidence to I don't know go out and explore things yeah. because you have someone there it helps but you weren't always with someone no. and you know you didn't live with um, obviously you only left, lived with Luce for a month yeah. so to be put in a place and then be like okay I've got to do this and I've got to do it myself yeah. and I've got to navigate um paris and use the map what's that thing the city mapper that you used because that was like your best friend but like also it didn't work or like some of the time got lost a lot of times you know i think the one thing that i definitely have learned is how to be alone which is something that before i struggle with probably like i would have never gone to a restaurant eaten alone you know sat down Mm. and just ordering something and I now think I can do that (laughs) and you know before I was always like you know trying to find a friend to go and do that with and obviously you 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 can't always do that and actually I've had so many lovely experiences because I've decided to just go and see what would happen and actually ended up in you know remember (laughs) on New Year's Eve we actually yes oh my gosh (laughs) no we went 
on New Year's Eve, we were, were trying to find a bar, I remember, and you just couldn't find an open one. I don't know Yeah, because the one that we wanted to go to, La Perle, which is a really cool bar. Go, yeah. It's full of fashion people. You'll see, like, the coolest outfits ever. <laughs> so, yeah, um, you kind of knew where to take us, but unfortunately, it was shut. Yeah, which was crazy. Why would you shut on I New love how Eve? we didn't even check that. <laughs> yeah, it's silly. But um, we tried to go there, and then we just wandered off, and we just heard music from this flat like that was really near the Centre Pompidou and um, we just decided we just shouted them and they shouted back at us and they're like come up and we just had a great time and didn't yeah <laughs> bear in mind like it there were there was quite a few of us so yeah, no then... it wasn't just two of us that would have been <laughs> scary no 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 but it was so fun and one of the girls actually ended up paying for like um, a hotel near the Louvre just to sleep with this girl <laughs> This French dude, I don't even know. That was so strange. Yeah. But great night, really great night. And um, the French there were very lovely. Yeah, right? it was so funny because we walked in and it was just like, they're roughly our age, maybe. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it was quite that a was mixture lucky. of people. Yeah, I couldn't really sense the vibe. It yeah. was a bit weird. But because um, obviously it's also a super different dynamic from like English or British house mm. parties that, or the ones that we're used to at uni anyway. Um, and I remember that song came on. <laughs> no, actually there was, I think there was an, a, either an Italian or a French song which came on. And suddenly, Jaja, no, what was it? I don't know, but what everyone went crazy, including you, right? You knew this song. I knew the song. And me and Ellie, being the only two people who didn't know French, um, <laughs> that just looked at each other and were like, okay let's we're going going just going with it and she's like this moment of like what is going on right now um yeah but that was just it was fun yeah yeah it was and we went with anushka yeah as well she had the crazy crazy year abroad i mean she was interning at vogue yeah she was interning at vogue so i actually got a lot of the fun things out of that because she brought me to quite a few places we went to this um lovely uh, opening of a little vintage boutique which was so cool together and um yeah she'd do all these you know she, i think she what did she see i think she said saw lily rose depp and like talked to her or something like that oh yeah, yeah i think so yeah pretty crazy very cool she was very very glamorous she lived the real paris life yeah. <laughs> Le yeah she lived there actually you know that that was i was jealous of that from stuff did you get funding from college um, I didn't because yeah. I think I, I can't remember. It was something to do with. I think it was hardship fund, so I felt I'd never want to get that if I didn't feel like I needed. And also because I had worked that summer, so I kind of put you my had money it. together. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think you can get money mm-hmm. from um college, and you can also get it from Erasmus for sure. Yeah. I was going to get it for yeah. the like I got it for Nice, but then obviously had to cancel it. Yeah, of course. Mm-mm. But any internship, anything like that, but they'll email you two million times, so yeah. don't get, don't be worried. <laughs> like, yeah. But it's good that you kind of did the prep beforehand. You're like, yeah. well, because I was speaking to Olivia about this in my episode where we spoke about our internship in New York and mm-hmm. saying how you know we were both really lucky we were able to do it because we got college funding. But yeah. obviously, savings did come into it and play a part. And like yeah. for us as well, whilst you're at Oxford, you're kind of sort of advised not to get a job just because the work is really intense mm-hmm. but yeah you're there are ways advised. of doing it yeah you're not advised you have to sign a contract oh <laughs> oops i probably did sign that contract then i mean it's i mad. we worked in um 
<laughs> JCRT. Oh yeah, that was a <laughs> just like in college. Basically, they give some colleges um, allow students to work either in like in the bar or mm-hmm. like odd jobs here and there, and you can earn a bit of money. But it doesn't really come into your account as it just kind of comes off like your, your food bills. Yeah, your bills. <laughs> Trust so it's like, well, that's my free dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that you know, get ready to spend a lot of money when you go in Paris. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, right. really expensive. But, and I remember I arrived there and I had to buy obviously all the kind of important things, you know, like, I don't know, sheets and stuff like that. Cause, um, obviously you couldn't bring them in my little suitcases. And, um, I got to the end of the first month and I realized how little money I had. So I think I ate lentils for like every day. <laughs> lentils on lentils on lentils. <laughs> for like two months. It was disgusting. And I would, re- I think I, I, I sent so many pictures of my horrible meal. Yeah, I was gonna say, I remember you texting the group chat like, guys, guess what I'm having? <laughs> Which I mean, it's protein, you know, helpful. True. And it wasn't great, but yeah, definitely be more careful than I was with my money, but. It's just so hard to say no, like to people being like, oh my God, let's go for a, you know, let's go to a bistro and like have wine and cigarettes by the, you know, Seine. And you're like, okay, yeah. fine. <laughs> I remember actually Calypso told me yesterday um, when she went to visit you, there was this amazing place which did like, um, was it like a, a beef stew or something? What was it? Some And then it was, but it was too expensive. So you decided oh, to make yes. it yourself in the supermarket oh, and you ate yeah. it for like breakfast, we lunch ate it for and breakfast. dinner. How weird is that? <laughs> But um, yeah, I can't remember what the place was, but it was near Tilly's old house in Paris. I remember Calypso told me. And um, yeah, so we yeah we ended up doing the budget version. <laughs> also, we'd go to this Chinese restaurant. Oh my God, please go, guys. Oh yeah, she mentioned that Literally. too. What's it called? It's called She Zhu, which means like She, like house. <laughs> yeah. And um, Zhu, like X-U. And it's near Republique. And oh my God, I love it. It's so small um and so cheap like probably the cheapest food you'll get in paris not gonna lie and um i just loved it and if you have to get anything i'd say um the noodle soup with thank you for getting specific i love it please (laughs) so good delicious also oh the falafel place we have to mention (gasps) that yeah that's the best falafel place it's in uh, the Marie, isn't it? Yeah, it's in the Jewish Quarter. And it's so delicious, so worth it. It's I know it's already on every guide, but it's delicious. And they give you so much stuff for it. Yeah, it's yeah. very good value. There's, there's a queue, yeah, but it goes quickly because yeah. they're so used to it. They literally come down the queue and take your order. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, it has to be done. Yeah, it so really good. has to be. I'm trying to think if there's anything else for Paris. That yeah. I would really recommend. Mm, I mean, Merci is a really nice cafe, and it's, it's like all made of how do you call it? Um, like bookshelves. So it's like all books, Ooh, all books. nice, and you can buy them and you can read them in the thing. So it's lovely. Yeah. Did you go and study there? Um. Yeah, I did. Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. And also, they have um a concept store, but that's kind of like a bit. I don't know, hipster. <laughs> 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 but. The actual place is lovely and the coffee is really nice. So yeah, and the Madeleine, mm. yes. And also you, um, in terms of shops as well, mm. because you found some incredible clothing items for literally nothing. A euro. Yeah, I have. Oh my god, um, I got this beautiful leather jacket and it's I love it for one euro. Can you believe that? It's so lovely. And that was from. Fripstar, it's like uh, like free. It's called Fripstar. Yeah, <laughs> it's 
sorry. Like, because like free pre free is... hipster. <laughs> no. Uh, so it's free, like free, and then P, P star. And it's because free pre means like vintage store, like um, secondhand okay. shop. And so it's kind of a, you know, word play with that. And um, it's on uh, Rue de la Virerie. And on that road, if you go, there's like a million uh, vintage shops, secondhand shops, like kilo shops. So yeah. would definitely recommend. I've gotten so many beautiful things there. And I do really miss that about Paris because yeah. it was just so easy. And the other one, I think the small vintage shop where I went, um, that was uh, led by well led owned by two girls um two little french girls and they were lovely um that was called uh france and barbara but i think it was a pop-up store so it might not be there anymore but i, I think they still might have online and i got some crazy corsets from there <laughs> like oh for gosh, like so 15 gorgeous, euros yeah. nothing nothing and an amazing brown suit would really recommend and Ooh. they're just so nice so friendly they give you a beer when you arrive so really that's really cool yeah Oh well, I have to get um get these written down. Yes, yes. Because for the life of me, I cannot imagine how I'm going to spell these right now. So you, <laughs> you're going to have to write them down for yes. me, and I can put them in the description of Definitely. this podcast for anyone who's just visiting Paris anyway. Mm. Um, but yeah, for those people who may be going on their year abroad, so- well, actually, that might be a lie because it might not happen. Yeah. <laughs> so sad. Um, but yeah, for anyone, if you know they have plans to visit Paris or you know mm-hmm. the year abroad does work out at some point mm-hmm. um is there any sort of thing that you would advise them or something that you wish you would have known kind of going into it um I wish I had been less scared like I wish for the first three weeks I, I, I hadn't been as scared to leave the house <laughs> you know and go and do it and you know go to places and meet people and not be scared to be the only one in a group you know well the only one in a I don't know bath and go and meet people and be like hey I don't know anyone please can I be friends with you you know that kind of thing I I would say definitely pluck up the courage you can do it (laughs) smash it and uh other things I mean I think maybe look up how to do really basic things that adults do because the first thing they like <laughs> what do you mean by that <laughs> like changing the bag from a hoover did you know how to do that i found out this year no <laughs> exactly <laughs> or like i don't know um how to i don't know there's so many things this is when you realize we were so lucky to have um so in oxford we have um cleaners which are called scouts and they literally become kind of like your best mate mm-hmm. um but they literally cleaned our room weekly That's and took amazing. our bins almost every day yeah took take out the bins in the right way <gasps> this is hard in paris this is a hard oh thing. yeah you've we got to do that yeah, yeah you've got to actually look it up properly definitely because you get fined don't do it i didn't get fined but i know people who have been it's the small, so. things. It's the small things <laughs> and maybe do you know how to cut like, I, I didn't know how to take pictures of like meters and stuff for like electricity and I, mean, gas. I guess because I've never had to um yeah. live in a house because I've been a student accommodation yeah all of the things that I need to learn I know <laughs> there's other things like adult things I've never had to pay taxes yet so that's yeah. the next step for me <laughs> but oh really I think that's probably the the most important things and maybe I don't know I'm trying to think. Oh, actually, 
ask your family if they know anyone because you sh- like I met a friend of my grandma's who's lovely this really lovely lady and she had the most incredible apartment um I think it was in the first arrondissement which means like it was crazy. It was where all like the the art galleries were, like yeah. the, like the sort of independent art galleries, which we went to one. It was like behind like these huge wooden doors, and it's just all very like it seems very like private around there. Yeah, and like you don't see anyone walking on the streets, that kind of right. place. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. amazing. And so what was really lovely that she had a daughter, do- like a granddaughter, sorry, um, who's slightly older than me, and she actually took me around, and they invited me for a really lovely um, New Year's. Um, tradition like just after you left which is called the Galette des Rois which is usually um, something you do on the 6th of January for um, the kings uh, oh, I would call them the Reyes Magos yeah. so three kings yeah, imagine. Yeah. three kings yeah um, and they have this thing which is um, it's like a pastry filled with almond and it's delicious oh, nice. so it's like kind of you know the pret almond croissants <laughs> but big favorite thing <laughs> in know, the world which, delicious. and yeah. so they're round and um inside it there's this little kind of um ceramic bean and um whoever gets the mm-hmm. thing um becomes the king of the day but um and what's really cute is that the youngest of the family has to go under the table and point at the person who gets a certain slice because so that it's even more impartial and anyway i got through that in an amazing apartment in the center of paris with this very french family and they kind of took me in and that was so lovely and felt like oh wow yeah i am in here i am in paris i am doing this it's yeah. cool. i think it's always nice to ask you know i mean if your year abroad is going to be structured mm-hmm. well if it's a year abroad then you're probably out at uni yeah mm-hmm. um to ask a friend of a friend or you know the person someone in the year above you maybe mm-hmm. if they've got contacts especially even finding a place or an internship or yeah. a course and that's why like hopefully this is going to be really helpful for someone who maybe wants to kind of do a similar thing to what you yeah. did and um wants to kind of know what area they should stay in and things like that because mm-hmm. obviously there's like quite a big difference um and it may not be the end of the world but it also may make the difference so yes. I feel like, would you be happy for people to reach out to you as well? Yes, please. So, um, should we just like plug your Instagram? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm at Ans Migone. So A-N-S-M-I-G-O-N-E. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, and yeah, thank you for coming thank on you. and reliving your wonderful half year yeah. abroad, which I mean, sounded pretty incredible and it was so nice to visit you out there mm, even for a few days. So lovely. So, um, yeah, and back back to it. Final yeah, year. Ah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you'll be fine. No. <laughs> I got this email saying like, I hope you don't have to cram all this reading in two weeks, and I do. So that's the last. <laughs> that's that's on today's agenda. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Term starting what in two weeks? Yeah, two weeks. Exactly. So. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for speaking Thank with you. me. Lovely. And goodbye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it with others so that we can expand the conversation and reach more people. Just say that you heard it through The Grapevine. To stay updated, you can follow The Grapevine Society on Instagram at The Grapevine Society. And you can also find all podcast notes on thegrapevinesociety.com.